Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Five as One podcast. And with that being said, my name is Coach Jaime, Jonathan Heimbach, and I'm uh, joined by, in studio today, our uh, our co-host, Gerald Foster. Yeah, look at us. We actually did it. We did it. We're in, we're in person. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. And it's, uh, it's good to have him here, you know, get a little bit more interaction. Uh, maybe we can demonstrate some online blocking skills. What do you think? I mean, get out there. Hopefully, uh, we don't pull anything. I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to pull something the first play. <laughs> we'll have to go to the hospital. It's fine. It'll be worth it. Hey, whatever it is for the for the for the people for the people for the player. Uh, episode fourteen. This is uh, uh, a great show that we've got lined up. We've got uh, one of Gerald's former teammates, one of my former players when I coached Gerald in the XFL in twenty twenty uh, in the uh, with the Tampa Bay Vipers before COVID hit. Uh, we've got one of our former players that are going to join us today, uh, Colin Thompson. Colin is a uh, product of. Florida and Temple. He's a transfer guy that ended up going to two different schools. We're going to talk about kind of the transfer portal and what it is now. Uh, but Colin is a uh, most recently was just with the Minnesota Vikings, has spent a number of years in the NFL. And uh, we're excited to have him on the show this week and get his perspective with his company, with what he's got going on with Not For Long Media. And so we're fired up to have Colin uh, on the show this week. Uh, what's happening with Five is One Training? I as well. We're doing good. We're doing really well. Um, everybody uh, in the state, I, I feel like they're they're hearing about us, which is good. You know, we we're finally we're finally getting our name out there for the coaches that uh, that can't make it down, uh, players that can't make it down to Monument, and you still want to uh, train with us. Just talk to us. Contact us through uh, Twitter, through Instagram. Figure it out. It either way, I don't care if you find us facts, you can find us. Okay, uh, yeah, but we would be fine to to come see you guys train at your place and uh, just get the work in. Yeah, there's a lot of training going on. I work with uh, high school, middle-aged, uh, middle school-aged kids uh, on uh, Wednesday mornings. We get it going before school for those guys that want to get a little bit better and get ready for Friday night. And Gerald's doing training on Sundays right now with those same guys. So we've got a good group of clients, kids that are uh, really trying to improve the technical part of offensive line training because coaches, we know there's not enough time in the day to do the basics, the fundamentals. And so that's what we're all about. We're about helping kids uh, get to the next level, play uh, as much as they possibly can and get the most out of this game. So appreciate you guys joining in. Please hit the uh, hit the link, subscribe, like to podcast, and uh, send us questions. We love hearing from you. Got a couple ideas from some people, uh, kind of taking some expansion, and, and we can't wait for once the seasons wind down. We'll see you guys in some different states. See you in Texas, Georgia, Florida, um, Nevada, California. So there's a lot going on. So if there's interest and you want to expand your game and take it to the next level, hit us up. So we're looking forward to this episode, episode 14 with Colin Thompson. And with that being said, let's get started. And with that being said. And with that being said. With that being said. And with that being said. With that being said, I'm really thankful I, I got that chance to go play at K-State. With that being said. With that being said, thank you all. And with that being said. With that being said, I am a... Nah, with that being said. Hey guys, welcome to our episode 14 with uh, special guest, Colin Thompson in the house, man. Welcome aboard, Colin. There he is, baby. <laughs> wow. Seeing your guys' faces brings back a lot of great memories. Uh, 
It is great to be back. Big fan of the show. Big fan of both of you two in particular from our days together in the XFL and following you guys after. So it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I got to do a little intro. I got to tell people we kind of let in the show intro about who you are, what you've got going on. You are kind of the uh, the renaissance man. You got everything going on from from plenty to ball, um, doing your own podcast, your own media company. There's a ton going on. You're coaching, helping. Uh, is it Archbishop Wood? Is that correct? That's my high school. Okay. I'm I'm doing some fundraising for them, and then but I'm coaching football at Lower Cape May Regional, which is in South Jersey, which is 100 miles from my high school. So I, I'm involved in a little bit of everything. I'm loving the virtual coaching. I've been doing it. We started my first year as the OC was our first year in the XFL. My first year, no way. virtual OC. Yes, yeah, so I would be. We would finish our day right and go back to the hotel, and I would just build the offense on huddle. So I would talk to the coach. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? His system was very archaic. Colors for formations that didn't even, like red wasn't even like a strong right formation. I was like, all right, we got to bat bail on this. Um, he's like, bring me to the next, you know, this new version of football a little bit. So it was nice because I thought, it, I was with you at the time. And so I was using a lot of the stuff we would have. I would be reference our run game notes and, you know, inside zone and whatever. And then, what you know with Jamie and and Mark and their word association stuff, I thought was really good and and was unique and was a new thing because every offense I'm like oh that's cool that's cool and there's a lot of things that I'm like I think they could say this better especially when you're older and you've been in so many of them like floss flood slot I love that I was like ah that's good right. so no, I digress no that's great man and to be able to help like and, and you've seen the game at so many different what you know so many different stops I mean you were. Uh, you were from Pennsylvania. I mean, that's that's home. Um, Archbishop Archbishop Wood, and then you ended up going to Florida. Right, twenty twelve was your first year. Yeah, uh, twelve to Florida. Yeah, twelve and thirteen. I was there. And then they yeah. booted. Again, that's that. <laughs> I mean, that was all twenty twelve. Ten years. Jesus, God. Oh, oh about to be thirty. Yeah, that, I got medically disqualified there, which was brutal. And they're just like, hey, your career's over. You're not going to be able to walk or run or be hang with your kids and all this shit. And I was like, uh, what? What do you mean? Yeah. So I just took the time and then transferred to Temple in 14. They gave me a shot. So we're, we want to hit on the transfer part of your, you know, your experience, you know, based on a, a medical opportunity and then a chance to go back home and play back there. Um, played at Temple and uh, there is a connection. Right, we've got a little There's connection, a connection. With, with Coach BBR, baby. That's a connection. Coach Rule coached you in Temple, and then um, after long, you know, you were you were with the Giants, correct? Giants, Bears, Bears, AAF with the Birmingham Iron, and then XFL with you guys, and then Matt Rule called in April of 2020 during the middle of COVID and said, "You want to come to Carolina?" I'm like, oh, what? Sure. So. No problem. Got a chance to go play. Had a couple of uh, had a couple of seasons in Carolina, and then just resurfaced in Minnesota this past year. Got some great film uh, with a pretty loaded tight end room in, in Minnesota, and we're looking forward to seeing you here. Not uh, not too soon uh, um, in in somebody's uniform getting back on the field on Sundays. So, uh, but excited about having y'all, man. You got a lot of things happening, and. Um, before we get going, we want to thank one of our sponsors, Zoa Energy Drinks. Zoa Energy Drinks is the official sponsor of official energy drink sponsor of the XFL and our podcast. And with that being said, so their ingredients are balanced with intention. 
you'll feel the focus with every ounce of energy. So thank you to Zoa. Um, so Colin, it's awesome to have you on, man. You have been a well-traveled uh, ball player, but you're transitioning a little bit now into kind of life after um, after football. And we hope it's not after football, it's during football for you. I was going to say, for Colin, yeah, for like, Colin's sake, it's during football. He's just doing so many things, it's great to have somebody like him. Yeah, for us, it's like after football. Like, okay, <laughs> you still on one thing. That's our still hang on to this. But like, yeah. you're you're burning the candle at both ends. Like, um, how did you, like, what did you major in? What was your major in college? And was that something that applied to what you're doing? And it was, yeah. I don't know, kind of your, your journey. So, you know, as a kid growing up, like one of the best gifts my dad was ever to give me was he drove me to school pretty much every morning, like freshman and sophomore year before I drove. So like that 15 minutes together, we would listen to Mike and Mike in the morning. And he's like, listen to how they articulate, listen to how they answer questions, the way they pause, all these different things. And I was like, this is cool. You know, like, I don't know, you're probably, you're whatever it is, you're, you're 16 years old trying to figure it out. And then I would, I think where it all started with the media stuff, where I got my real education was I was a high recruit. And back then they wrote articles on kids, lots of them. So 247 Sports Chicago would call when Northwestern would offer. And then, you know, scout.com, you, you know, uh, uh, Charlottesville would call when Virginia would offer. And, and then in the SEC started coming, that was chaos. So I was doing two interviews a night during the big recruiting seasons for a while. So I was constantly talking. You know, my dad would be in the other room, like, hey, you need this is, I like this, I like that. So he was like constantly curating and giving me advice. So that's kind of where it started, where I'm like, this is something I'm, I can do. I have great knowledge. I love to talk. I've worked hard for that knowledge too. So it's a part of what I should do. So I transfer at Florida, Temple. I did communications, but I never even took like a journalism class or like went behind a mic. Like it just checks a box, like communication. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, went, you were a communications major, but nothing, nothing as far as like, or on I mean, I, I, anything I, of what you're doing? Communications major as it gets. No, <laughs> it, it, I don't like all the class. I didn't do it. I didn't do any of that stuff. It was all like, I, I remember took like, a, I took like marketing classes, like for, for comm companies. And it was like, I was a lot of English courses. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't move the needle towards it, but I never did. Like I should have been a host on like the Al sports daily, you know, kind of ESPN desk. Everyone's got the cheesy, cheap college shoots on, you know, I should have done that. I should have had a, podcast um so what really got into it though was you guys talk about me burning the candle at both ends i've kind of always been that way and i actually just spoke at an event about people transitioning in and out of work and they're like hey you're transitioning out of the league i said i've been transitioning my entire career like when i got cut from the giants i started not for long media nfl stands for not for long so okay let's do that i could be done playing i thought i was done then the bears called but before that i was and, and those three years I was in and out of the league before I got into Carolina for the next three, I called probably 75% of the Temple football games doing sideline color commentary up in the booth, travel with the team. I was doing, you know, Eagles pre and post game live shows on Sundays and Monday nights, driving up two hours. No one paid me. So that's kind of the answer to the question of that's where my education was born. And it really all started because when I was back training at Temple, and shout out to Jeff Collins, unbelievable, open the doors for us and encourage alumni. Like I could, I don't know if anybody could physically encourage alumni more to train at Temple at the time. We had our own locker. We were able to do our wash there the whole night. They did everything for us. 
I trained at Temple, met Dave Feely, who I think is the best trained coach, one of the best trained coaches in college football. He's at Duke now. They're doing great. Um, And he's like, and I got hooked up there. And then because I was around so much training at Temple four days a week, they're like, hey, there's a Al Scoop podcast. You want to do it? And they just put this mic in the middle of us. And we all stood around it and started talking. And that's really, I'm like, I can do this better, maybe, or try to. And that's yeah. kind of how that was my education, though. All that stuff. Well, we spent a couple of years to, or we spent a couple of months together. Unfortunately, um, playing for the XFL, we had hoped it would have gone a little bit longer. Um, we were definitely trending in the right direction. You had me on your show a couple months ago um, on the Cody Thompson show that everybody needs to go like, follow, subscribe, and we will uh, shamelessly plug each other's. Uh, media outlets but as it should be yes no doubt um but you know i think part of this show we wanted to talk a little bit about spring football and your journey i've been coaching in spring i played in spring football myself um i was a guy that was in and out of nfl camps i was kind of the last guy let go as a center long snapper do whatever i could to try to get on the roster never quite made it played in nfl europe and i'm recognizing the uh, Rhine fire uh, from Dusseldorf, Germany with a uh, authentic uh, game worn helmet from uh, that would have been 1999. You guys don't need to, you know, I'm you said, not doing the math. six. It was six. If you're, if you're feeling old, let's just stop right there. Um, <laughs> but I played in the spring league and back then it was promoted by the NFL. Like they had allocation players were sent like, Hey, we want to find these practice squad guys and we want them to go play and get 10 to 12 games of film, and it was a great opportunity. And fast forward to when we all got to know each other, I tried to recruit Gerald back in the day when I was coaching at Wake, Fair- Wake Forest, and he ended up going to Nebraska. It was a real hard to mute. Yeah. guy from Lincoln. 15 minutes, right. uh, 20 maybe if I took a bike. Right. Long day. So I could convince him to come to Wake Forest when I was recruiting him, but Fast forward a couple of years later, he ends up going to the Washington Redskins, ends up getting released. And I'm like, hey, there's a great guard that's going to be great for our system. And then that's how, how we all met together. And we played in the season. What? How many games did we get in before COVID shut us down? What did four? I from four. Four or five? Four or five. Four or five. I, I know we were getting ready to play St. Louis, I believe. And yeah, yeah. And we got through five, I want to say. Five. Okay. Yeah, I think that's New York, yeah. Seattle, L.A., DC. Oh, Houston at home. Houston. Yeah, yeah we got five, but we got five in. We were kind of trending in the right direction. We had, we lost kind of a heartbreaker in our last one against LA. We threw a pick down. Oh, but Taylor was the answer. Once Taylor got into quarterback, yeah, corn down like baby. And we had great backs and big good. I mean, with we had a great group up front, and yeah. we had tight ends that were willing to block. Like we had a good. We had a good group, man. That's far to assemble, in my opinion, a group like that. And it took a minute because we had to get to Taylor, a quarterback, because he's the third QB. So a lot of things have to go awry for that to happen. But he's the answer, and he's still playing, and he's a great player. But, yeah, man, it was a bummer. We were trending in the right direction, and I love the defense, like the cover zero chaos. Like, it was just a fun team. It was it was a lot of personalities, and I've been able to be a part of a, of a lot of them right now. And, you know, it's it's – it's unique right now because spring football, you don't have the diehard fans. People are just kind of like figuring out, okay, we love ball. 
and everybody likes football. You love the game. You love the physicality. You love the athleticism. Guys can showcase their talents. And, you know, kind of your experience in spring football has really helped you con- continue your professional career to get good film, to be able to go out and play, to be able to show what you can do. Because you're not the typical spread out tight end. You're a little bit more hard-nosed, blue-collar Somebody that the O line loves. Yeah, that's why you're on here, dude. Like you're one, you're you're six is one, man. All right, like you're Eagles one. You're Pirates. That's my biggest bat. Like that's my that's like what I love to carry when the O line when we're out to dinner and one of the, like one of the vets are like what's he doing here and the, and like a couple guys are like yo, just just watch just just wait just chill. So I I'm very thankful for that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. It's been great, like you said, and, and Jaime goes from like a, you know from the coaching perspective, like OTAs in the NFL, right, you're, you're seven on seven, and I'll do fine. Like I, I have good hands, I move okay, so I'll, I'll do okay. I'll catch balls in practice, but like you're not, you got to be extremely dynamic in the NFL to like be featured in the pass game. Like they're not just going to feature you. You have to be one of one tight end on the roster usually. But the other full three or four plus a fullback, like what do you do to create value? And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about professional football. It's like everybody wants to be this like cool receiving tight end, catching RPOs. And, and listen, that's great. And my athletic ability has put me in this spot where I'm at. But it's like what are the two or three other tight ends going to do? Because you're not getting the ball. Like you're just not. There's three wide receivers. One was a first-round pick. One's the most high paid guy, and the next guy's the, he's about to get paid and leave the team. So it's like they're not feeding you the ball. The backs can are unreal out of the backfield now. So yeah, create that the reps that I was able to have in the XFL. I, I really worked on my jump set because of you, Jaime. Like I never did that before. Between you and Brian Angelico in Carolina, I jump set the shit out of people now, and I never kick set. And I have a great kick set. Hey. End it, end it before it starts, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's starting on. Like, I'm, I'm changing up, kicking with the outside leg. I'm, I love it. You yeah. Line terms. He's up. How's that to say it? Oh, hold on. on. And wait a minute. So I do it all the time. And I think it's good at tight end because they're like, oh, is this guy going to run around? What's he doing? It's, it's oh, shit. And, you know, you're going to get beat late and down maybe, but now the ball's out and I stun the shit out of him. So it helps me for outside zone. It helps me from like gap scheme stuff. So to answer your question, the, 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 for my position and really for everything, it, it allows you to continue to play. If you're mature and you have your shit together, you will have so much success in that league. Successful relationships, you're going to get bigger, stronger, faster because you have more time to do that stuff. Um, you're going to sharpen your skills. Like it's like checks every box. When you, you know, they pay for your living and you get two free meals a day. Like if you're mature and you can handle that situation and understand it's not an NFL logo and I should be there and. Uh, I think you'll have a ton of success. The maturity is definitely it. Yeah. I, I think you're, you hit that on the nail. Like if you're able to understand that, you know, Hey, I'm here to play football here to get better, get my reps, all those things, then you're going to do well. And it showed up for the guys that did stuff like that. It yeah. Was, you all have an absolute blast. We had so much fun, so much fun. And we kept it fun. Like we, we just had kept fun, fun any, any day we could kind of stuff. It was great. We had a good group, and and really for my journey, like it's just crazy. I got in the AAF because and I mentioned my dad again, um, and the impact of parents. I've been very blessed, I have amazing parents. But go back to the University of Florida, I was getting recruited, 
he mandated I wear a collared shirt on the visits. And I was like, Dad, everyone's wearing their varsity jackets and polos. And I'm like, Pop, it's like wear a pair of jeans and a collared shirt. It's the non-negotiable. Everything else, and you got to write a thank you letter too. I was like, what? So <clears throat> best thing I ever did. Um, and it, it allowed me now, because I'm a soul of relationships with all those people from Ryan Day to you name it, through the list, because I had deeper engaging relationships that at the time I really didn't know what I was doing. And then after they're reaching out to me and congratulating because I fostered those relationships. So um, I wrote a letter to the recruiting coordinators named Brennan Donovan. Um, Brennan was with St. Louis in the XFL, but before that, he was with, he's in the USFL now. He's a scout. He was with the Browns, Eagles. But at the time, he was recruiting coordinator at Florida. He came in after Mark Pantone left. Mark is Urban's right-hand man. Mark's in Ohio State. So I visited, and I was wearing the collar shirt, and I wrote him a thank you letter, whatever. And you move on. I went to Florida. Him and I became pals. I digress. He's with the Birmingham Iron. I'm at a Guinness factory right down the street here. A couple of beers. It's a Sunday. My agents are like, listen. We're going to get you in rookie mini camps. You're going to sign to a futures deal. You just finished with the Bears last year. You're going to be fine. We don't need to go to the AAF. Maybe it comes about, but right now I, I'm getting calls for you for a futures deal. I think you'll be okay. I'm like, great. So Brendan texts me. I haven't texted Brendan this time in about two years. He says, are you in shape? Now, meanwhile, I just sucked down four Guinnesses. I'm like, I'm in great shape. You're in perfect shape. That means you're, he said, I, I've never been better. Thanks, <laughs> So I said, uh, yeah, I'm in great shape. He's like, call me. He's like, hey, listen, I'm pounding the table for you here in, in, you know, in Birmingham. I told him what type of guy you are, blah, 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 blah. Actually, Tim Lewis was the head coach there too. Tim's a defense coordinator around the NFL. Tim sat behind my mom in homeroom in high school, and I followed Tim's career as a boy. Sorry, Tim's our DC in Arlington, man. With yeah. I mean, it's amazing how that thing has- All world. Yeah. So- yeah, I grew up going to Tim. I met Jerome Bettis and Cordell Stewart and all these Steelers because of Tim. I'm a Steelers and Giants fan because of Tim. Like I, Tim's had a major impact on my life. So he's, a, you know, Lewis Riddick, his brother. There's all this right in the area where I'm from. So I'll move the story along. Brennan's like, pound on the table for me to get to Birmingham. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'm going to come. And they, I went and worked out. And we worked out at UAB. It was a pouring rain thunderstorm underneath like the old awning there. And I won the workout. Um and kind of the rest is history. Uh, I met Ron Seleski. Yeah, that's right. Big Ron. Big yeah. Ron. Great. He works. Yeah. He had been out of the block and had done some CFL, did the AAF, and was then our director of football operations in Tampa in right. 2020. Great guy. Love Ron. And Ron pounded the table for me in the XFL. And I was the third tight end on the team. And, uh, you know, carved out a nice little role. So it was great for me. And you just never know who's watching and, you know, again, from that lesson I learned from my dad at 17 years old, like being first class and going through that, like, you want to do this for your life. You told me you want to play in the NFL. You never know. And so, of course, like dads always are, as Jaime knows, dads are always right. Thankfully, I listened and, uh, it, you know, it put me in Carolina. And I always asked in Carolina, like to rule and to like some scouts and runs. I got closer with folks. I'm like, why am I here? Because I get it. I played a temple. And of all the Temple cats there, there, he got ridiculed for bringing in the Temple Baylor guys. They're ballers, the guys he brought in. Like, this weren't just like run on the mill guys. If they're good players and you coach them and you trust them, you bring them in. That's just period. You do it behind you with your O lines. So, you know, I was the misfit toy a little bit, but I played in the league a little bit and, and I had some film. So I asked the tight end coach, I asked the head 
post-scout. And I'm like, why am I here? He's like, Rule came to me and said, everyone I coached at Baylor and Temple that are in the minor leagues, I need you to grade them. The O-line coach and the head scout. Because I am I felt a little, not guilty, but I wanted to you know, be sure that I'm in the right place. A little confirmation. I get that. Right? Why not? Like, and I don't, I know I can play. So in practice, I'm, I'm playing at that level. I'm okay. I know that. But what's the, I want, I want to know, especially when I got settled in there and I had those relationships. I'm like, okay, I, I know I can play in this league. I'm having success. But how did I get here? He's like, well, ask us to grade everybody and you were number three. So we brought you in. That's it. I was like, that's it. It was like PJ. Um, who else was in there with us? It was like PJ and me and one, and, uh, one other guy. And I was like, okay, great. So that's how I ended up being the fourth tight end in Carolina. I know I'm all over the place, but you just never know who's watching. And then I was the fourth tight end there. And the third guy didn't take his COVID test and he had a miss half of practice rules. Either you get fined 50 K that's an organizational rule from the owner. You get fined 50 K and you don't miss practice or you miss half a practice and you don't get fined 50 K. So he missed half a practice. I'd play well in that practice, became the third guy, made the team. So crazy, man. Crazy stories. <laughs> crazy. That, that's as crazy as it gets. You bring it up, rule really does. Uh, it's going to be awesome next. Uh, now, now, before we do, before we do, all right, uh, we do want to uh, thank our sponsor, Fix Sports. Um, they're Colorado Springs' number one sports facility. Uh, take your skills to the next level with the proper training, muscle activation, nutrition, um, physical therapy, and sports uh, performance. It's a great place. We use it on our Wednesdays, Sundays, good people. Um, here we go. But here we go. Acted little nice. And guys, let me let me just set this up real quick. Set, set this show has been like in the making for about three weeks now. But we had to wait. We had to wait. There are many weeks for the Huskers to get a W. For Gerald to be like okay on camera to to make it so I wasn't going to be a problem out here. That's that's what this maybe or let's go go big round baby go big round after Nebraska pulls in a thirty five to three dub over. I'm not going to say the team. Oh, it's no okay big win baby. It was NIU. I sorry that we had to we had to find one to come, but it was a good one. It was good max school. We needed it. It was a big high school. We are high school, high school, high school. Oh, did he say big bag? That takes a big high school. You're not pointing to Bishop Gorman. We're not. All right. But yeah, the schedule doesn't get much easier for the Huskers, right? Okay. Are we more? We got Louisiana Tech. Oh, that's a win. I believe it. I'm calling it. I need it. Look, I don't say it now that it's going to hurt. It's a win. It's a win. And and then we play Michigan, and that's going to be a close game, you know? Number two team versus a team that has maybe two quarterbacks that we don't believe in. You tell me when I'm ready, Gerald. I'll give you the I'll give you the whole T right from the horse's mouth. Let me hear it. All right, just fly it for Coach Rule. Yeah. Okay. That's I played for Coach Rule at Temple 14, 15, and 16. Now a lot different then than it is now. Uh it was a little nutty. But that's what produced, you know, I think the Temple's at the most NFL players. Uh, plus we have a ton in the XFL and, and um, CFL have had a lot of success tons and then place stunk when they when they were my only offer when I was transferring I'm like I w- this is horrible but I have to go here and it was the best thing ever to happen to me um, okay so I've coached 14, 15, 16 with Coach Rule and then 20, 21 and some of 22 with Coach Rule and all this assistant I know the whole staff I, there's a lot to 
digest. So he told me this. I said, "What what's going on?" And we, and we spent some time together and down the shore in the summer of Jersey Shore. I said, "Okay, what's the deal?" He says, "We're in our second year at Temple." I'm like, "Okay, so we were six and six of the rebuild." He's like, "We're in that wheelhouse of the team." You know, X amount of the players are bought in. We have amazing support from the people above us, right? Because the first year at a place, you got to convince everyone to support you. They have it right away at Nebraska. He's like just so jacked up. Now, the former president, Ted Carter, left for Ohio State. Ted brought Rule in because when he was at Navy, we played Navy and beat the shit out of them, which never really happens when they were humming back in the day with the triple. This is in the Navy's now, but the back then it was tough, man. I felt horrendous at every game we played them. And I was on offense. God bless the guys getting cut on defense. Right, but right. but he was like, Matt, we're going to hire you at Nebraska because I saw what you did at Temple. All you got to do in Nebraska is beat the hell out of people, honest, hardworking guys, and, and play good, sound football. And I think that's shown through. I mean, I get it. The wheels came off the bus there a little bit against Colorado later, but they beat the shit out of them early. I saw the same thing. When you're, when you're looking at that defense, they ran the ball right at them, and defensively, they caused problems. They caused problems, especially their front. They got guys in the back and flying around, so it looks like they, the people are buying in, right? Not everybody. That's part of taking over a new roster. But, again, it's if Dion's not doing what Dion's doing either, I think it's it, – you're like, all right, they're on the right th- – this is a part of a rebuild. So I only hear great things. Again, that's from the horse's mouth and from other people, but it's it's optimistic. Uh, it should be optimistic, folks, in GBR land because he's going to do it the right way. It may just take some time. How hard is it, in your opinion, to rebuild – or I guess how much easier is it now – to rebuild a roster now compared to when you rolled into Temple and you were one of the, probably one of the few transfers on that roster. What, handful of guys, maybe a couple of JC, one yep. or two guys. Now all of a sudden it's like you're seeing free agency. Do you see him overturning that roster at Nebraska and pulling some guys in that are going to fit that type of deal? Or do you think he's the type of coach that's going to mold the guys that are already there? I think the vast majority are going to be bringing the right people in that are going to allow him to mold them. And there's certain families probably that are like, well, you're going to go here. You're going to play your four years. You're you're not transferring. You know, I think there's going to be a little bit of that. Again, this is my opinion. Right? This is my opinion. This is not from the horse's mouth. Um, he's going to want to bring the molder guys in. And then, of course, in the transfer portal, after success, if it's the right fit, emotionally, mentally, academically. And I know everybody says that, but that's how he operates. Do they gel right? We had guys, two guys transfer in our senior year at Temple. And we, I had to pick one of them essentially because I played with one in high school and the other one I grew up with. One played tight end, one played O-line. And they're both great guys. And I don't know, I, I haven't watched it even play football while coach. It's like, which one would you go to bat for personally over the other? That's what he asked me. And and I was like, him, you know, like, and I love the other guy too, but I haven't been around him. I was around the other guy more. So I was like him. Um, and that was a really tough thing on me, but that's how he operates. So to answer your question, I mean, I think he's going to develop and like any smart coach, you're going to see what the world 
presents itself and you go out and get a couple guys in the portal, but he's going to run duo. They're going to have a good defensive line. They're going to take shots and play action. And then sometimes they're going to line up and run RPO. So that's kind of how it was at Temple with, you know, PJ Walker. Um, if you're, if you're a, want to be a football player in the NFL, the things I learned there translate directly into the league period. Um, and I don't know if I could say that about every place. Uh, and that's okay, but uh, I needed that, and it was the best thing ever happened to me. It was fun to see he brought the triple option back to Nebraska. Hadn't seen that in forever. It pulled across the face, and then we got option running out. I was like, okay. You got full back. Like, do it again, do it again, baby. Yeah. They'll, they'll lean into the culture there. He They love Lincoln. You know, and everyone's like, Lincoln, what's he doing? You know, like, why is he doing that? He should have took a year off, right? All that stuff. Um, but he he's built for 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 that. I, I hate the thing. Oh, he's a college coach, and I get that. But he did some really. We did some really good things in Carolina, and I think a lot of players let him down. I do. Um, and I was, you know, I took. I was a sad day for me when he got fired. A part of it felt like me. A lot of guys felt that way. Now, of course, there's things that could always be improved on. You could say that with every staff, even the teams that win. Um, but. You know, I think he gets a bad rap of just the college coach because there was a lot, especially his second and third year. The first year was COVID. That was chaotic. That was chaos. Um, The second and third year, he was uh, was just unbelievable, in my opinion. And it just wheels fall off the bus. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, you you would be the person, like the perfect person to answer this for me. The young guy that we have at the wide receiver spot, uh, coach. um, Gary McGuire, baby. Thank you. Please... When when they brought him in, I was like, "This dude's like 16 years old. What are we doing? Like, why is he a part of our programs? Like, our coaching staff? He he could show up and you know be at one of the games, and I wouldn't notice that he was a coach. But does he have something about him? Is there a spark that I don't know about? Other than Matt Johns at William and Mary, who's a good friend buddy of mine, he's a quarterbacks coach. I think other than him and maybe a few other guys, I'm forgetting right now. When it comes to young coaches. Under 30 years old, you have the two best in the country. One's Rob Dvorak. He coaches linebackers. And the other is Garrett McGuire. That guy, his dad, is the head coach of Texas Tech. Yeah. And Joey, his father, was a high school football coach and got hired by Rule because Rule met with him and was like, do you want a job? Like He coached every position at Baylor. And then got a head job out of it. So that shows who he is. That's his dad. And then Garrett, he could have left to go to Texas Tech. He says, I'm going to you know, tie myself to Coach Rule here at Carolina. And then, all right, I'm. you think he's going to go to Texas Tech and go with his dad? No, he goes with Coach Rule and gets – he's the youngest position coach in college football, I believe. The guy's elite. He works his ass off. He's an unbelievable, like, human. He's a friend. So I think the age thing, I get it. But – the end of the day, like the relatability factor, he's just did it. Um, you, you know, I, I I'm a fan. I, that's all I got to say is I think it's the right. I think it's he's just like any other receiver coach you're going to have. I believe because the guy is a sponge. He's always been a sponge. There's some guys that are like great players that you think, oh, he could maybe be a good coach that we all know can't be, but <clears throat> he could talk ball at a really high level. He really can. And they got two young guys. The, the, the linebacker coach, Rob Dvorak, is, is an elite, elite, elite coach who was under Mike Saravo, who's now a linebacker coach at uh, the Vikings. And played for Saravo. I played with Rob at Temple. Blew his knee out. Got infected. Took the cartilage out of his knee. Career over. 
Um, but he was a lot like Tyler Medikevich. I don't know if people know them on this show, but leads the NFL in special teams tackles, Temple Temple guy. I digress. So you got good guys there, Gerald. I got good guys. I needed to hear that. I'm going to have to just sit down and have a beer with the guy. Oh, well, we'll shit. figure it out. We'll see. He's going to want to have a dozen. He's going to have a dozen. <laughs> hey, perfect segue. Because, you know, you talked about relatability as a coach. You know, you want to be able to, you know, coaching and the relationship of players, you have to be relatable. I mean, I coach Gerald. Now we work together. Colin, I see you as a guy that I can speak to as a coach that you're going to have insight. And, you know, you want higher level thinking players. And you want a guy to say, okay, I like it, coach, but tell me why. Or I would ask you guys, and I've asked my guys that have coached forever, do you have another way? Do you do you have insight? Because everybody's come from different places and being relatable to players. And that's what I tried to do this past year with the XFL, with our group in Arlington. I had a pretty veteran group. Um, and we would go spend time. Like, we would go to any one of our sponsors. Look at that. Drop Look at in. that. Plug. Man, man. Let me drop in uh, a special thank you to Vaqueros Texas Barbecue. So we would take the boys out to – um, up in Grapevine, it was about 20 minutes north of where we were stationed up in uh, in Arlington. We'd take the guys out, and they would feed us barbecue. So Trey and the guys took care of us at Vaqueros. So we want to say a special thank you. It's a uh, family tradition since 1979. Um, Trey, I know you're expanding. There's potential a second location. So Gerald keeps talking about coming out of Texas. Bringing us season's me. going. Um, but then you also brought up having a couple beers with coach, but we want to thank right next door, Hop and Sting Brewery. They would hook the boys up also with a little uh um libation. O-line, O-line masterminds IPA. We're a couple drinks. We're hydrating right now. Uh um, this is good hydration. No beer. Yeah, we're we're we you gotta go back to work. We got we still got stuff to do. Um but uh Hop and Sting Brewery voted uh best brewery in the DFW area. Um, six years running. So if you're in Grapevine, if you're in Texas, DFW area, stop in, see uh, Vicaris Texas Barbecue and Hop and Sting. But that was one of the things, like we, when we found out the league was done, we were like, okay, it's this thing called COVID. And everybody in Florida was like, yeah, whatever. Um, we're not too worried about it. And they all kind of turned their nose up at this thing. And we all said, okay, this is done. I ended up getting my helmet on the way out. Sorry, Colin, we might have to get you uh, a lime green uh, Tampa Bay Vipers helmet one of these days. I think it fine. Yeah, no, I mean, we we went out. And <laughs> we hung out had- together, and we were like, okay, it's all done, but, like, we're all co-workers in this day. And America's, was it American Social? American Social, outside. I remember Jaime walking up. I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> like because that's what, listen, I try. I try to be friends with, Everyone, every coach I've been with, because what else are we doing? Like, you can coach the shit out of me, but like when we're off of that coaching player role, like we should be friends. And I've been very close with a lot of my coaches, personal level. Um, and you know, even in Carolina, even in Minnesota, they're like, "Dude, you're like best friends with Angelico, the tenant coach." I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" And coached me two years in Carolina. He recruited me to Rutgers and Pitt. Like, we've connected over the years. I stay in touch with folks. Yeah, Jaime walked up. We had a couple of beers. Gerald and I and the whole team went out to St. Peter's Postcard Inn and posted up there. Yeah, we did, baby. <laughs> Good times. Didn't know they had to do it the right way. We would take an Uber. I'm like, screw it, guys. We'll just split the Uber. It's like 20 bucks a guy. We would Uber from our hotel in like Lakeland all the way out to St. Pete, like an hour. Bring a six pack, 
sorry, bring a couple of line mastermind IPAs and then go. We would get pub subs, walk on the beach, fill a cooler. It was a great time. I love playing. Yeah. Now that's like, something no. you are the person. He's the person that introduced me to pub subs. Oh yeah. Being out mid, you know, the Midwest, you don't have something like that. He goes, Hey, we're going to public. And I was like, what's Publix? He was you like, you me a You're going to love this place. I thought it was a nice restaurant. And when he showed up, I was like, all right, this is it. And he was like, yeah, come on. We're going inside. Here's the way you do. You go into Publix, get yourself a hoagie. You get a styrofoam cooler. You get a case of beer and a bag of ice. And you, you go out on the beach, sit on the beach. You have a day. And then you take the styrofoam cooler, you throw it out, and then you just go bar hopping. That's what we did. That's <laughs> exactly the, what we did. That's how we started our pandemic. That was it. Like after that, and then like the world stopped for the next <laughs> six months. And exactly. Thankfully, thankfully for you, though, like between your connections, you were able to reconnect and you got the opportunity to go to Carolina, you know, and, and you know, to kind of pull this thing back in because like we can talk stories all we want. Like that's, we can. We had a great time and there was no doubt. And, I already, you know, we enjoyed the opportunity. It sucks that the XFL didn't get to finish that season because I think it was really trending in the right direction. Not only our team, but the league was. And there's talk right now, uh, an XFL and a USFL merger between both leagues right now. And I think, you know, with both of your perspectives, you both and, and myself included, I played in spring leagues, I coached at them. This past two years, the USFL, which is owned by Fox, has done well. Uh, they've kind of gone with the hub model, like everybody stayed in Birmingham year one, and then it spread out to four different locations. They were in Canton, they were in Michigan, they were in Memphis, and then still in Birmingham. And then in the XFL this past year, we just all were in um, in Arley, in the DFW area, but then we would go play in the home markets. When you guys were playing in the XFL in 2.0, there was no other, uh, there was no other competition. It was just us, and you guys were getting great and and I think it helped you guys to get to the next level. Now there's two leagues, and they're talking about combining them. Colin, your take, you've seen it from the highest level in the NFL. You've been in the AAF, where it you know ran out of funding, to being in the XFL, where a pandemic shut the league down. Now there's two separate entities, one owned by Fox and another one owned by Redbird Capital, which is backed by ESPN and ABC and Disney. So it's like, how does all this work with TV markets, with everything that you see going on? Do you think it's something smart to have two leagues make into one? I think it's the ideal thing for two leagues in one. We talked about this before with talent and also with talent for coaching. Uh, it, it gets more support behind the people that support the coaches and players too. You know, athletic trainers, scouts, like let's beef the minor league up even better. Why would we want to have a triple A, double A, single A? Let's just have one big triple A system. I, I think that's the best analogy for it. And then, and you guys can talk about this and, but this is all possible because of the rock. I'm assuming like that guy's impact because a player, like first and foremost, like, we all have respect amongst each other, whether The Rock or it's Jaime or Gerald or myself. Like we, It's all the same eye contact and conversation because we went through it. But the fact that he's the most successful you know, actor in the world, his WWE background, his relationships, and I, I can't speak to how that league was. I enjoyed the XFL before. I had a blast. Um, I thought it was first class, especially as a, first class as it could be. 
Um, so I think it's fantastic and it's probably possible because of him because he has all these relationships and they're going to invest in him because the guy wins at everything. His group wins at everything. So that has to be it. I mean, that, that, that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Is he's that, the best guy to buy the league. He had to. He's the guy. You, you got it. I mean, if you're able to, to jump on his bandwagon, then you do it. And for these two leagues, because we talked about just a little bit, just us two, these two leagues, for them to just be battling each other out for who's going to be top dog, it's going to turn out being one team, you know, one league's up and we don't find any growth because they've been putting in all their resources to try to bash another team. And instead, we could just bring these two teams together. We'd be able to work harder. Um, I, I, I think it's going to accomplish more if yep. we find out that these two leagues are able to come together because the coaching, the players, the ability to get out on the field, if there's that many more chances, definitely, you know, already in the States, instead of having to go to uh, Europe or having to go to Canada, he's going to work out better for us. That's a great point. I'll say this, though. I am jealous of Jaime going to play over in Europe because that sounds Oh, awful. he would be right. You're right. Be behind the original XFL in 2001 when I played in that because for me, I had just started my coaching journey. I GA'd. Then I went back. We actually had training camp in Vegas where I was living. And I got to go back and talking about the 2001 original XFL. We got to go back and I got to go back and play in Southern California in the LA Coliseum where I went to school at USC. That was awesome. For me, just it was special. We won it. We kicked the hell out of everybody. I mean, I walked away with six figures as a co- as a graduate assistant making bologna and cheese money. Like, this is real deal. I had a blast because we had great dudes on the team. Um, Tom Luganbill was our quarterback coach. We had Tom on uh, a little Yeah, while. he was like, great. It, it was just super fun. But behind that, NFL Europe, to go be able to play in Frankfurt, Barcelona, Amsterdam, Edinburgh, Scotland, like send me down to be able to do all that. And it was like, I'm getting good film. And I was playing center and I was also long snapping and I was trying to do whatever I could to show that I could be a utility guy. And I got enough film that I got signed by the chiefs the next year. got to go to camp because of that opportunity. And like the coaches in NFL Europe saw me play with the Cardinals and I only played in one game in preseason when I was with Arizona Cardinals my rookie year. I played left tackle in the fourth quarter against the Dent at Detroit Lions. And it was like, I was so like fish out of water because they like some injuries and guys didn't want to play in the preseason. I'm like, shoot, I'll go. Stay inside out. You're just like, stay inside out. Stay inside out. Stay yeah, inside out. I'm like, <laughs> I'm jumping the cadence. I'm running everybody up the field. I, I like, I was doing, I only played like 15 snaps, but that fill got me picked to play in NFL Europe and then got the opportunity. So it's like, to be able to go play and see the world, it, I mean, I proposed to my wife during the time when we were over there. Like we played, we played in Berlin, and I take her on a flight, and we go to Paris. We had a, a couple uh, extra days, so I took her to Paris. And Galen Hall, the old Florida head coach, was our head coach in Europe, and he's like, "Hey, as long as you're back by the Tuesday morning meeting." Like I was sprinting in there that that morning, but it was awesome. I took her to Paris, proposed right underneath the Eiffel Tower, like. NFL, thank you for having a, a European league that I could go play and met a bunch of great dudes and still are in communication with a lot of those guys from, you know, this is 1999 and here we are so many years and it still continues to grow. And eventually I think the NFL will probably, I hope 
that the NFL will eventually take over one of these spring leagues, whether it's USFL, XFL, combo, whatever league you're going to call it here by next season. Hopefully, uh, you know, they'll recognize the world champion two-time since I won the USFL two years ago. Put him back, XFL. bring him back, baby. He's just hoping I got a job next year, whatever expansion team there is. Um, maybe they'll bring back the, the the Denver gold back in the old school days of the USFL. But bring back the Tampa Bay Vipers, baby. Raymond Tampa Bay Vipers back. I'm coming. Playing at Raymond James on the grass. Oh, get me stressed out. American Social, tricks, all those places we would go to. I, 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 I mean, I, it, you know, that's the beauty of our game, right? You, you invest in the game and invest back in you socially, you know, economically, whatever it is. But really, like what you're saying, that's the, how, how old were you? 22, 23? When I was playing back then, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, back, back in like, or, or I'm saying when you're in NFL Europe. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, I was like early 20. I mean, I'm just trying to, 23, trying to find my way to, yeah. Scrape it along and all of a sudden I'm getting great experiences and meeting great guys. Awesome. I think I think the one thing that the NFL will do is end up over in Europe somehow, some way. That's happening. It, well, it's it's been slowly tracking that way. Yeah. Way it, it looks, I mean, they're trying their artists to make it so because you know, these first couple of years are more of them trying to see what's the market. Do people really want to watch football, you know, that's not soccer over there? Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's turning out to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm a huge Tottenham Hotspurs fan. That's a hat I'm wearing. That's that's where they play. So I was over there last year. That place is unbelievable. Don't go for a football game, football guys. Go for a, a soccer match. You're like your jaws on the ground, and it's like a whole experience that I've never experienced. It's so much different than American sports. It's so cool. So cool. Culture, so much fun. But I, I just think, do you put a team there and the uproot families and all that stuff? That's really tough. But or you just have games there every week. I, I think that's way more doable. Uh, you know, you have guys do a trip over there. You, you just say, you know, hey, you're going to play on this Saturday in Germany and next Sunday in England or Ireland or whatever. I think that that's going to come uh, here. I mean, it's already happening, but I think it's going to grow even more. Why wouldn't it? Why not? Right. And on uh, I guess for our last sponsor before we we keep moving forward. Uh, Ray Crowther and uh, Tip of the Spear, Blast Shields. Um, blast Hand Shields allowed uh, coaches and players to take the most um, dominant techniques in the game into their own hands during practice and training sessions. Thank you guys so much for being a sponsor of Five is One. The Crowther sled. I lived on that thing. I still do. Yeah, they, they keep us going. There's nothing better than the two-man Crowther sled, strong Crowther. That's a build. That's that's how you build men, right? You find out if a guy can have a base, has some power, can get his hips underneath him, lay him down. If that sled spins, that dude's getting cut. Like he ain't gonna last. If you can sustain a Crowther sled drive and work that progression, that is the one true thing that an offensive line coach, if a guy can get underneath and sustain a block, that's the closest thing to it. So we love using Ray Crowther, tip of the spear. I mean, you guys are awesome. You're innovative with your with your shields and with your teaching fundamentals, and it's all about keeping the head out of the game, like keeping guys safe. And it's a hard enough sport on our bodies. I mean, I was talking to somebody this morning about just, hey, do you have any, you know, any effects, lingering effects? And I, you know, I was very fortunate that I stayed healthy through most of my career. And you know, you guys, I'm sure, have plenty to deal with when you're in college, when you're in the NFL, when you're in pros, but. This game has to evolve, and I think our coaching and our teaching has to evolve. And 
you know, there's so much more access into the game right now. I mean, Colin, you see it from your, you know, for not for long media people, you know, right after games, you got these armchair experts giving expertise evaluation on, you know, I can't believe that third down call or what about this or what about that? And it's like, there's, you can't hide anymore. Everything is seen. And so like in your experience from what you've seen in media and, and how the access has improved, I guess the XFL had a lot to do with that within your time. Like they had cameras all over. We were mic'd up the whole deal. Do you have any kind of final takes on the access that the game has right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, those armchair experts are awesome because it makes guys look like uh, guys like us really genius and more credible. So keep it up. Everybody else, just keep pouring into this game because the salary caps go up, everything goes up, and everyone makes more, you know, dough. And, and again, that's not what it's all about. But at the end of the day, you know, it's really unique. I'll go from the coaching perspective. I don't have to say what inside zone is anymore with a tight end, you know, cross sifting and him bluffing. And I just send it because it shows up on my timeline. I follow all those guys for the run game stuff, for the O-line indie drills. So I could send it to coaches because those stuff is all online now, which I think is really cool. And that will grow the game more than people will know and more than people will like realize down the line because you're seeing now you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm sending your drill work. I'm sending somebody's drill work to the coaches directly instead of me being like, okay, here's the drill. So there's that. I think the access stuff, I watched the all 22 the other day of the Eagles Vikings game and joined a radio show, which was so cool to come in and talk about how like, Someone's was just not fitting their hands right like four times in a row, and that's why they got beat. And everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he wants to do it. He just, the guy's got really long arms, and he just couldn't fit, and he just lost the block. So I enjoy that stuff. I think that's really cool for the fans, and there's more access now for fans to be more knowledgeable, which is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Your show, my show, other shows, Baldy's breakdowns, like, it's better. There's more polished fans out there now, which I think is cool, too, so. I'm a fan of it. Again, if you can handle it as a player and the maturity side of it and realize that you're going to screw up in football um, a lot, really. And I think the older players understand that and younger players don't. Uh, so, no, that's my that's my final word. I, I think it's really good for the game. And, um, you know, it's good for media companies. It's good for high school coaches. It's it's fun stuff. No, and, and I think, you know, people get to see behind the helmet, you know, football you don't get to see as much expression as you do maybe in some other sports because guys are covered yes. hats on, they got helmets, you know, where players are able to create another life. I mean, it's awesome to see what the Kelsey brothers are doing. I mean, it was an awesome documentary to see filming that and then the podcast that they've got with New Heights Show and everything that's going on to where there is this association with not only what guys are doing on the field or maybe what a coach is doing, kind of having that insight and then also educating the, the general population because anytime we can help elevate the game, this is a game that's ever-changing. I mean, you watch All-22, you've got the access to pro football, college football. I mean, there's games on every single night. It's amazing how much people are are learning about the game and how much the game is evolving. It is truly, if you're not trying to progress, you're going to be left behind, and, and that's where I think it's really neat to see the development, the coverage of the game, and and really the development of the position that we coach on the offensive line, it is the hardest one to catch up because you've got freak athletes coming off the edge. 
And you've got some phenomenal interior players that you've got to find a way to scheme them. You can't just straight drop back six-man pro and expect your quarterback to stand back there and full field read. Like, you have to be able to develop your body and develop your football IQ. Like, there are kids that come train with us, and they look great, and they're awesome on the doing skills and technique, but all of a sudden, they don't know the scheme. They don't know the check, and all of a sudden, you've seen it. You've seen multiple guys in your career. Hey, he's got all the skills in the world can't put it together, can't figure it out. And that's why I think you've done so well because you're a guy that, you know, has the athletic ability, has the toughness, but also understands the game and you can relate it to a coach. And that's exactly what you're looking for in a teammate. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's humbling to hear you say that. Just the honesty, right? Like the best compliment I've gotten was one of them was, was uniquest, I should say, the most unique was from Joe Brady. When they cut me in Carolina and then they signed me the next day to the 53s, Joe's like, Colin, I love you because you know exactly who you are. And I love you for that. And every day you're the same guy. I was like, boom, that's all I need to hear. So, and George DeLeon, other compliment. Best O-line guy is unbelievable. Just because he's a legend. Like he would just fall asleep in meeting stuff. He said, you always, I always remember you, Thompson. You'll always be a football guy. And I was like, boom, that's all I need to hear. Say yes, sir. And I can die on the right side. And it was right here after we won the conference championship against Navy. I'm 100 yards from Naval Academy Stadium. But no, you bring up great points, Jaime. Guys, primarily the offensive line position, is talked about now so much. Right. It never was before. I mean, the Eagles, like the top three selling jerseys on the Eagles are Lane Johnson, uh, Kelsey, and um, Mylotta. People are buying Dickerson jerseys. Right. Like, that would never happen. So, no, never. It's awesome. And, I, think, I think people relate. You're kind of like the forgotten guys, and all of a sudden now there's a little bit of spotlight on the offensive line, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know. You're gonna be and they're getting freakier because- too. Yeah. Like, you can root for that guy a little bit because you're like, oh, I want to be like him. I never will be. There's also that, right. like Lane Johnson or Jordan Mylotta. It's like, you, I could never, I maybe be closer to Jason Kelsey, maybe. Maybe. But- that, that Lane Johnson, that's. It's not even a person. Lane, like not even a human being. And so he was Jordan, my lot of like, I think he's, I put him as a, the, the top athlete in Philadelphia. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, athletically, that's the, you see his rugby highlights, like the dude's 6'8", 350. So I digress. I think the media coverage and the social media, like all the, the clips and all is so much fun and people are learning. I got friends asking me questions, you know, I don't have a beer that I never got before and i'm like damn you actually know what you're talking about like no but i just heard it on uh they just but but i I heard a really cool question what's this yeah so now it's it's good stuff it really is man i'm I'm excited well hopefully they merge man that would be awesome yeah well perfect segue our final sponsor is uh lineman performance academy and clint anderson but actually trains lane johnson um and uh he's donated some of the equipment that we use and, and LPA uh, builds confidence through functional strength. Only pr- I love this quote from him, from Clint Anderson and, and LPA. The only proof of ability is performance. And I think that's pretty cool. Just talking about you're only as good as what you put on film. And he's trained guys with five strong training, uh, like Creed Humphreys and Lay Johnson, a bunch of those guys that come and train with him in the offseason. And so I got the chance to meet Clint down at O-Line Masterminds with Duke Vanniweather. And, you know, it's just a cool fraternity and fraternity of coaches, of trainers. What Gerald and I are trying to do with kids here in Colorado, what Five is One is expanding uh, at different states uh, around the country. 
And right now, we want kids to focus on their team. But as the season winds down and if guys aren't wrestling or playing basketball or doing all those other sports, offensive line play is something that is those skills, that technique needs to develop. And we appreciate all our sponsors that allow us to uh, to, to help kids the best we can, whether it's middle school, high school, college guys, pro guys. So we appreciate all that. And uh, Colin, man, it is so cool to have you on. We appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing you in a uniform here soon. Um, you're a type of guy that's going to work and grind and, and add to a team's roster. And I, I love the time that we had together. And I could still hear, you know, we're, we're out there at practice. And you're over there yelling at, at McCray, say, who's the mic point? You know, who's the mic? Who's the mic? Who do we got? Because the yeah. tight end can't function until he hears what the O-line's doing. And you were so in tune to that, you weren't afraid to ask those questions and call a guy out. And no one got their feelings hurt. Everybody's a big boy. They're going to pull their yeah. big boy pants on. And it's like, if you're vulnerable and going to put yourself out there, then, hey, let's go do all this thing together. And that was really cool with the group that we had with Mark Tressman and Tampa and 2.0 and, you know, excited to see the things that you're doing, man. And it's awesome to have you on and a little reunion tour oh, yeah, for the Bible. Oh, it's the best thing in the world. Happy to see you, my guy. We still got to get out. Where we're, you're, you're saying we need to go to like Key West. Was that what it was? Hey, you guys are in spring league, but every year. Look, just tell me. Every I'm year, not, the week before I'm not. the week before the Super Bowl, Okay, right. we have a camp for kids down there. We need coaches, and then I'm going to need you after for a for a camaraderie ga- retreat. You know, we yes. need that retreat. Yeah, we're there. Wait, 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 here is it. Where's the camp? Give us a lowdown. It's in Key West. We we did it a couple years ago. We go on a tight end trip every year to Key West when I was in Carolina, and we did it the one year. And I'm like, all right, we just partied the whole time, and it was. I mean, it was a great time. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, you know, we have all these guys that want to come down every year. Coaches, players. And you know me, I'm come one, come all, coaches and players. Let's do it. So we do it the week before the Super Bowl, and we had 140 kids there last year. We put it together in two months, um, and we had all these sponsors, and we raised like probably like a grand for like two different charities, and that was just like on a whim. So this year we're going to double it up. We're going to have like a Super Bowl concert the next weekend. It's this whole thing we're kind of putting together now. So a lot of things going on, but we'll talk. Uh, you know, I'm up for some fun. Get all the five is one gear on. We'll get, you know, maybe get some kids some stuff too, wristbands or something. We'll, we'll figure it out. Because, uh, you know, that's the time. December, January, as we get rolling, there's going to be some satellite camps. So we may have to get Joe them to uh, Key West. Working you know, <laughs> with the kids. There's an old lineman there that's going to Florida State, I believe, which is very rare. End of the road. There's, a couple, there's one player in the NFL there, and the GM of the Titans is from Key West. So very unique spot mike leach man he's the real legend from there he's the real he's a huge rip but i'll say this in closing i can't thank you guys enough for coming on and then for like parents out there and i know you have a lot of coaches players kids listening i think football and and you guys can attest to this is safer than it's ever been um i say that to every parent what we did when i started we had to earn our water breaks with like one a day and if you got your bell wrong you like stood on the sideline and you went back in so it's better than it's ever been for sure. So thanks for having me, you guys. And um, you guys are just first class, always been great friends and looking forward to what's next for all of us. I appreciate it, man. And uh, it's great to see you. Wish you all the best with uh, with your podcast, with Not For Long Media. Lots going on. And uh, and with that being said, it was good talking to you, my boy. Love you, man. Love you too. GBR. Go big red, baby. <laughs> 
Thanks, guys. Hit the uh, like, subscribe, follow the show, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.